I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, good morning, Walt. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And tell Good. me, what is the temperature in Albuquerque? Well, it's Phoenix. Oh, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What is the temperature in Phoenix? Well, right now it's probably about uh, 55 degrees, but it's supposed to get up to 73 today. Oh. Well, we're having a heat wave of about 37 here, and it's been... It, that feels like a heat wave because we've been below zero and for quite a while. So I'd like my listeners, I'd like to introduce you to my elder cousin, Walt Mills. And he is well known in the family as being the family historian. And he was kind enough to say he would come on Lakota Link. And I thought, he has so many stories to share with us. He was born in 1935. And tell me, Walt, whereabouts did you and your your family live? Did they live right in Pine Ridge, or was it out in the country? No, as far as I remember, we uh, uh, we lived in Pine Ridge. But uh, I know my dad worked for the government at that time. And he was at, I think they call somebody a mechanic, but it was kind of like a, a handyman. So he did a little bit of electricity, car carpentry, all those type of things. And your dad was Sidney Mills, and he was my mom's older brother. My mom, Ethel Mills, was uh, the youngest in the family. So uh, yes. So tell me a little bit about your dad. Well, um my my dad was the oldest of the, uh, I guess you might say, the second Mills family. My grandpa, Benjamin Mills, was married before, and he had three three children, uh, and two of them passed away at, uh, at an early age. And so then he remarried. His first marriage was to uh, a lady by the name of... Uh, Jesse, Jesse Adams, mm-hmm. and then uh, when when she passed away, then he married Jesse's sister, who was Susie Adams, and then that's where my dad was the oldest of that family. I know uh, back then, you know, you're talking historically back then. That was kind of common for uh, the family to give 
the you know the sister younger sister or whatever to to the widow and i i kind of remember mother telling me that it took she recalled grandma saying it took a little while for her to fall in love with him but she did <laughs> she did and and they had a lot of kids yeah there was a, if uh, uh some 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 of the kids passed away at, at times but they've um if i remember correctly they've it was probably either 12 or 14 kids that they might have had yes wow big family a lot of people to support uh so getting back to you growing up in um well the the 40s and the 50s on Pine Ridge I'm I'm kind of very interested in for one thing Walt was called Sunny Boy so anybody in Pine Ridge from those later years would have known him by that name <laughs> and um tell me what was it like growing up there well you know it it was uh, uh totally different as now you know uh no cell phones, no TV. Uh, there was a radio. Uh, I remember we had a radio at home, and uh, some nights there were certain programs, like uh, I think I remember one was uh, uh, Inner Sanctum, and we would sit around and listen to different stories at that time. But other than that, you know, during, during the day, uh, out with my friends, and we would, you know, go along the creek and, you know, uh, maybe have what they call the slingshots or uh, being shooters and would you know shoot at different things or just or in the summer months with a place where you could swim you, you would do that later on uh, after my older brother uh, brother got out of the army uh, or the navy sydney he had uh, uh, he had bought me a bike so then i was you know there there was a, a few of us had different uh, bikes in pump pine ridge so then we would we'd ride around a lot so it was, it was that kind of life we had as kids, and that was uh, a lot different than they have today. And you didn't have to worry about things like you do nowadays. Uh, no. You, there was a lot of freedom for kids. And I do want to acknowledge Sidney. Uh, we call him Buddy in the family, and he just recently passed away, and that was a big loss for us. He he was uh, quite a person. I I really uh, honored him. Yeah, he he he, he was quite a gentleman. He uh, of course he joined the navy. He he was going to school in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, and then uh, the war broke out, and uh, soon after that he quit school and joined the navy. I think he was seventeen years old, and uh, so he spent a little over four years in the navy. That was very common then, you know, because that's what my dad did too. Would he swallow? He he joined, uh, Grandpa Swallow had to sign for him at that time to join the Navy. And yeah, both uh, Sydney and, and my dad, they saw a lot in a, at a very young age, you know. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I know Sid mentioned that, of course, uh, uh Dad, Dad had a sign for him, and he said the only condition I'll sign for is that you don't you don't send him overseas, you know, right away. But they didn't pay attention to that uh, once he got in. I think he was sent overseas before he was eighteen. Yes, that's right. Well, different times, and I guess they were needed 
the men were needed, and, and they were all very patriotic at that time. In fact, for my listeners to understand that uh, Native American uh, per capita, they they are more join the service more than a, a lot of others, and very proud to have a lot of veterans in our family too. But um, back to your life there on on Pine Ridge. So you say your dad, um, he was kind of a worker there for. Did you say BIA? Yeah, he worked with uh, you know the. Uh, well, they called it Indian Service back then. I don't think they called it the Bureau of Indian Affairs. But uh, my dad, uh, he took a disability retirement when he's uh, in 1945, and so he was he was retired from the, the federal government at that time uh, because of some heart heart trouble. And the way they found out about that was that he left Pine Ridge and went to Seattle, Washington, to work in the shipyards. Uh, that that was during, during the war. I think it was a few years before then. And then uh, they discovered then that he had a, a bad heart, and so they would not uh, hire him there. So then he returned back, back to Pine Ridge and worked a few more years for the government and then ended up having to take a disability retirement. Uh, so that's so he was retired then, and after that he just did a few, a few jobs here and there. A lot of times during, during the war, of course, Grandpa Mills uh, still had the uh, ranch out there, and he was running that. I think he had probably a couple hundred head of cattle, if I remember right. So I would spend some time out there with the summer months with him, help bring the milk cows in in the evening and uh, fix fence that we needed at, and just kind of worked alongside of my, uh, my grandfather out there. Uh, he was probably in his uh, mid-70s about that time, but he still, you know, rode a horse and all that. Well, he was known as quite a horseman, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Can, and, um, can you remember anything about that? Uh, no, I I can't, but I know he just had a couple, you know, uh, uh, saddle horses that was uh, pretty, pretty nice-looking horses back, back then. And what Walt is talking about, that was, I guess, wouldn't you say the address would have been Porcupine or would have, it have been Batesland? Uh, well, you know, this is kind of funny. He, 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 got, uh, he got his mail at Porcupine. Mm -hmm. but, but we sat just about in between uh, the, uh, just between Porcupine and, and uh, Batesland. So he would, uh, uh, when I was, I, was, I was staying with him, there would be days that he'd uh, hook up a wagon and, and, a, and a team of horses, and then we'd, uh, we'd get up early in the morning and we'd, we'd go into Porcupine. He'd get his mail, and of course, there was always some elderly men, Indian men, uh, men about, about his age out there, and they would, they would sit and visit for, for a few hours or, or maybe depend on what he had to do, and then we'd... Uh, get back in a wagon and come, come on back to uh, go back home. Sometimes he would do the same thing. Uh, we'd go to Batesland. Oh, okay. Uh, so I guess he kind of kind of shared his purchasing between those two, two little community towns. Um, I do remember that my, uh, uh, my dad uh, did come out there, and, uh, of course, he had a lot of parts of uh, 
buggies and wagons there, and my dad came out and he refurnished a uh, buggy, fixed it all up, painted the wheels red and in a buggy uh, black. And so then we were uh, we were riding in style then going to Por- Porcupine or Baseland because had that little little light buggy and two horses pulling it, you could move along pretty good. So that was pretty good. I remember that. Oh, well, that's a great memory. And Grandpa must have, you know, he must have been pretty social and liked to go to town and visit with people. And for uh, my listeners, what I'd like to tell you is that um, my mom always told me that he was proficient in speaking Lakota and English, of course, and also he knew Latin. Yeah, he knew Latin, and he could also, uh, he had a real good penmanship, and he could write uh, in Lakota, and he also write in English. Oh, okay. Well, I wonder, you know, um, looking at some of the records from Fort Laramie, and his father, of course, he didn't know his own father because he passed away about the same year that he was born. But he had a beautiful penmanship, too. So back then, that that was quite, you know, something that everybody strived for was to uh, practice their penmanship. Yeah, with that, uh, a lot of kids nowadays don't, don't even know how to write cursive, you know. No, that's true, and then it's kind of funny because they they can't read it either. They have a hard time reading it, but I guess that's the way it is. But so you went to high school in Pine Ridge? Uh, no, I uh, I went through day, uh, grade school there. I, in fact, I I went to uh, Holy Rosary Mission, which is Red Cloud now, for only probably uh, three months or so. And um, and I didn't like it, and, and I ran away from there. Oh, and okay. uh, so so I ended up going to the uh, finishing up at the public school in Pine Ridge. And uh, after that, I uh, and in 1951, I think it was, I uh, I went to Haskell. Finished up at Haskell, and then at, at that time it was a it was a post high school, so I ended up uh, staying there another year. So. Uh, Graduate high school in 1954, and then in 1955 out of the post high school. From that time on, I kind of uh, was not back in Pine Ridge very much. Oh, okay. Just occasionally to visit. Yeah. And so that's, um, you know, a lot of the people I, I grew up with and played with when I was uh, from about six years old to maybe 14 or so, uh, you know, I I think a lot of them that I ran around with at that time are all uh, are all gone now. Mm-hmm. Well, you're fortunate to have quite a few of your brothers and sister left, which is good. Always good. The Mills have a family reunion. About how often? Oh, we uh, right now we uh, we're, we're trying to meet about every two two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, the reunion has uh, growing cart quite large now. And, and uh, as you know, we had one in Rapid City in 2019, and that uh, was probably the largest one we had. And uh, mainly because I think it was closer to Pine Ridge. Yes, and that's the first one I ever attended. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah. uh, you know, with uh, having the gallery and my husband working for the government and stuff, we just didn't really have time. And now that we don't have our gallery anymore, we uh, we take the time to, which is important, I think, right now. You know, family well, yeah. family is very important. And speaking about family, can you, uh, I know you had a lovely wife, and can you tell us her name and little bit about her yeah i uh her name was uh glory jean fouracre and she went by jean uh i met her at haskell we were freshmen at haskell and then uh went on through high school and uh she didn't come back uh, after senior years but i i stayed there she was from oklahoma she was a uh, uh a member of the chickasaw nation so we'd we'd been married she she passed away a couple a couple years ago we were uh, just a, a few months shy of being married 65 years. So she was uh, very patient with me, you know, and, uh, mainly when I came to work for the Bureau of Indian Affairs because I did transfer around. And uh, so she she kind of gave up whatever career she might have had just to, so I could move up, move on. And so that, that was great. Yes. And, uh, well, grandkids and great-grandkids are all, all enrolled in the Chichixaw Nation. Oh, uh, okay. Back then, I tried to get them enrolled at Pine Pine Ridge, and they were registered for a while. But then, uh, I don't know, it was tougher back then than it is now, so I had a hard time getting them enrolled. And so then I just decided, we decided that we won, we had to have them enrolled somewhere, so so we did uh, in, enroll in the Chichixaw Nation. Yes, I know. Back then, uh, there it was more difficult. Uh, you weren't the only one that ha- had kind of a problem with that. But yeah. so, tell me the names of your kids. Well, I have uh, uh, my mother's daughter is uh, Pamela, and, uh, and the next son was uh, well, they call him Rick, but but he's Walter Jr. And then I had another son by the name of Robert. But we lost Robert about 20 years ago, so I just got the two kids and uh, got uh, five uh, grandkids and then uh, six great-grandkids. Oh, wow. Well, that's a blessing to have that many kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just great. Yeah. So I'd like my listeners to, well, just briefly know that um, when you say you traveled around a lot for your career working for the BIA, you did eventually end up in Washington, D.C., didn't you? Yeah. You know, I, I worked in a private sector for about about eight, 18 years. And then, uh, you know, going going to Haskell and, and living on a reservation, all that stuff, I kind of forgot what, what, what the BIA was. And uh, there happened to be a an opening for a training instructor in what they call lithography, which is printing back then. And uh, they were opening up a new school in uh, Albuquerque called Southwest Indian Polytech. And a friend of mine wrote me and said, you know, you should apply for one of these jobs. And I did. And uh, I didn't get the job I wanted, but I did get into the government back then. And, uh, that was in 1971, I think it was. So then I, uh, Sippy was, of course, was an educational school. 
and I didn't have a, a degree, but I had to take some college courses in order to uh, be an instructor. And then I found out that if I stayed in education, I would have had to have a degree to move up. But I looked at the Bureau, the Bureau organization chart and found out at that time you could be a, a administrative officer, a superintendent, or a regional director without a degree. So I just geared my career that way and uh, wound up retiring as a regional director here in Phoenix. Uh, but I did spend a couple of years in Washington, D.C. as the uh, deputy to the assistant secretary of Indian Affairs. Oh, wow. Um, and that was uh, Dr. Eddie Brown was the uh, assistant secretary at that time. So. Oh, well, then you did really move all over. I know with my husband's career, we've moved all over the, the state of South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of, I have to admit, I felt it was a little harder yeah. on the wife and, you know, uh, yeah. to move. And when we got to Spearfish, I I told Wayne, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. thank thank goodness, thank the Lord, yeah. we've been able to retire yeah. here. Yeah. You, you know, I got a little story here. that uh, when, I, when I was back in Washington, uh, my uh, nephew, and of course, everybody in Pine, Pine Ridge knows him, but that was uh, Gerald uh, Big Crow. They called him Jump. Uh, I was uh, in the office back there, and, and the phone rang, and they, uh, I picked up, and they said, Mr. Mills, it's uh, Gerald, Gerald Big Crow on the line, you know. So I I took the call and was talking to him, and uh, I said, I said, what can I do for you? I said, what's, what's going on? He said, nothing, uncle. He said, I just called him. He said, I, I was telling my guys here, he said, that uh, I knew you, and you were my uncle. He said, and he didn't believe me, so he said, <laughs> I thought I'd call. So he said, I thought I'd give you a call. <laughs> That that's a good story. <laughs> I yeah. know I I know I really appreciated him because when we had my mom's funeral there at uh well it was right by Oryx, South Dakota, he came. He he came and uh I didn't really know him, you know, but of course I had known of Marcella, you know, his yeah. mom and Although I didn't know her, but my mom and her grew up with Sydney. Kind of, they were the close to the same age, and so they were. My mom always talked about both of them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcella, you know, her 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 dad passed away. I think when she was, I can't remember how old she was. I don't know, around ten or eight or so. But then uh, my dad adopted Marcella. Oh, uh, she. I I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he oh, he, okay. he adopted Marcella, so you know, and of course she, you know, she was she was a sister anyway, but you know she's. And and for those of our listeners who don't know this, she had a big family, so there are a lot of big crows down in Pine Ridge. Oh yeah, how many? Fact, I, how many kids? I'm thinking. You know, I, I think twenty. You know, I can't remember twenty six, twenty four. I think but, 24, but a lot of twins, too. Yeah, I, I can't remember this uh, set of twins. I, 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 I keep in touch with some of them. I know uh, Tim B. Crow, he, he's still working for the tribe there, but he uh, he calls me about, about once a month and wants to know how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of seems funny. You know, a lot of, they're, all, they're all my nephews, but 
you know, they're they're all up their age too. I I keep telling them they're gonna, they're going to catch up with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I always felt kind of a little different because where where my mom was the very youngest, and you know, my mom being about the same age as as Buddy as Sydney, you know, yeah. I I was always a lot younger, so consequently, I didn't get to. I really missed out on getting well acquainted with my my first cousins, but I'm making up for it now. <laughs> yeah, Get, I know. Sid, Sid used to tell a story a little bit about uh, about your mom. I guess been the same age. He was he was the oldest grandson, and so uh, sometimes he would jump in bed with uh, Grandma and Grandpa Mills, and 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 your mom had to. To stay, stay in her bed, and I know she would really, really get upset about that. <laughs> get jealous. <laughs> I know he told me that story too, and he said he would just look at her and grin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good story. Do you, you know, um, when we was at the family reunion, we talked a little bit about, you said you kind of remembered a little bit about the house. When you'd go out there, can you tell a little bit about that, the Mills homestead? Yeah, you know, the house, of course, it, it, uh, uh, we, we had a picture on our shirts of the house, and Sid thought that that picture of the house at that time was taken about um, 1933 or 34. Uh, and my dad had just came back from uh, Fort Hall, Idaho, and... Uh, uh, Grandpa, I'm not so sure what what happened there, but he not only probably sold some cattle, but uh, they remodeled the house for him, and it was a big house. It uh, divided up to have some bedrooms in there, but um, that was a uh, I thought it was a huge house. But going out to this uh, uh, in 2019, as as a kid, it it's not as big as I. Thought it was as you remembered, but yeah, you know, back back then, it it probably truly was a big house because when you think about people in general, you know, they had smaller places. They, you oh, know, yeah. and so I think I think it was. I know Mother always shared the fact that they had an ice house down by, you know, where they would uh, cut the ice and and keep be able to keep the meat and different things and she said yeah, they'd I, cut the ice and then they'd put um straw in between it and then more ice and do you remember yeah. do you remember that uh, well no the the ice house is gone when when uh, uh back around the uh mid 30s or soon after that when when i was staying out the ice house was gone mm -hmm. um but uh, one thing, you know, I uh, when I was staying out there at times, it, it was just my grandfather and I. And, uh, of course, he had his own routine. He would get up every morning and and, uh, and go down and milk some milk cows. Well, I'd, I'd still be asleep. And I'd, I'd wake up and look around, look out the window, and he was gone. And I was afraid to stay in that big house by myself. <laughs> I'd jump up and get dressed and run down the barn <laughs> real quick. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, uh, but uh, I really enjoyed those stays out there with him. And uh, at that time, he he wouldn't, you know, he he was fluent in Sioux, but for some reason, he he wouldn't talk uh, to me in Sioux. Just just every now and then, he'd mention a few words. 
but um, that that was back at the time where the government was discouraging talking a native language. Uh, so well, they very much discouraged it. They would yeah. even get punished for it, and and I suppose you know that generation thought it's better not to you know put the kids out there like that with but that's like my mom you know she helped take care of grandpa alex and joe adams and and they virtually almost only spoke lakota i know she knew knew it to listen to but she didn't didn't speak it i mean i do know a few words but it just was the way it was done which I'm glad now that things have changed and they're trying to educate the kids. Oh, I, oh, I am too. I I am too. Uh, I wish I'd have, you know, learned back then, but uh, I remember my, my dad and mom and uh, you, you got a supper table. Um, the only time they both talk Sue is when I don't, you know, they, they didn't want us kids to, uh, <laughs> to know, what. <laughs> know what they're talking about. Uh, so I, I, I picked up words here and there, but, uh, you know, been gone for so long. Uh, they come back to me every now and then, but uh, Sid knew a little bit more than I did uh, by far. Yeah. The Mills family has spread far and wide. I mean, actually, they're all over the United States, some in Alaska and Hawaii. And so when one of them has um, consented to being on Lakota Link, I'm always very happy. And so I I truly want to thank Walt Mills for being with us. And uh, we're on a continuation on this podcast that we will learn a little more about his personal history and his family. And thank you, Walt. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments we would love to hear your opinion this is a new adventure for us and i value your opinion this song is written and sung by my good friend quincy goodstar Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us.